When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It is officially draft week. But more importantly, it's officially mock draft week. This week on Pod Like a Raven. Yeah, so order of importance. You know, the NFL draft... Or that me and the fellas are going to run through a mock draft here of the first round and try to predict at least one guy correctly. Uh, I'm Antonio Barbera. Thank you so much for listening to us here on Pod Like a Raven. There are some things to do. It is an exciting episode for us. It is the mock draft that we do every year of the first round. Bring in my co-host. we got a lot to cover, so I'm going to bring in my co-host right away. Starting first on the East Coast, Tim Horsey. Tim, stall for ten minutes so I can figure out what the heck to do with the first pick? Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, how, how's everybody doing today? This is my favorite episode of the year, I think. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe the Ravens winning playoff games, but not that hasn't happened a ton in our pod like a Raven um, uh, life here uh, on, on the podcast. So there's something about, you know, my Mondays, to take you behind the curtain a little bit, my Mondays are usually my busiest day, as it is for most people when they go to work, I would assume. Um, and... By the time we get to the Pod Like a Raven recording time, you know, obviously we record this on Monday evening. Sometimes I'm like, I can't wait to see the fellas, but man, I just do not have the energy. I am full of energy for this one. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I, I, I'm not certain about any of my picks yet. As Antonio said, I'm trying to stall for you here. I hope it's working. But I cannot wait to break these down, uh, you know, picks. We'll, we'll do the whole 32. Then we'll criticize each other. We'll laugh at each other for making ridiculous things. It should be, it should be a fun time. I'm excited. And on the West Coast, Jace, I need a nice wide five here. How are you doing over there? Not a tight five, but a long five so that I can uh, figure what the hell I'm doing with the first pick. Well, I'm doing great, Antonio. Like, Tim, draft week's always really exciting. Um, We did very well last year in the mock draft, which I think we'll get more into in a moment. But uh, So that's exciting. I love the mock draft. I love the real draft. This is a really important draft for the Ravens. I think that's why... I am so excited. Obviously, your the the strength of your team is built through the draft. The Ravens had a spectacular 2018 draft. If you need reminding, Lamar Jackson, Orlando Brown, who they turned into another first round pick after several Pro Bowl seasons, Mark Andrews, Bradley Bozeman, Deshaun Elliott, Anthony Averett, so many starters from the 2018 draft, 2019 draft, 2020 draft, even 2021 draft. A little more mixed. And what was the result? An 8-9 record in 2021. Things move fast in the NFL. And so 
um, you know, now that we're four years removed from 2018, it's time It's time for a home run draft again. But I believe the Ravens are picking 14. It's the highest they picked in years. I'm very excited. It's a very important draft for the franchise uh, to get right on the right track. But that's exciting, too. There's excitement in the unknown and uh, these pivotal moments. So, yeah, I'm fired up for the draft this week. Uh, I was a little in between on the Ravens at 14 because it wasn't a top 10 pick, but it also wasn't their usual 25 through 32 pick. But after doing the research for this mock draft, I'm feeling good. There are 14 very, very good players in this draft, and I'm confident that the Ravens are going to find one as long as they don't trade back and try to do some more things uh, (laughs) later on in the rounds. Um, All right, so we have one quick thing about the Ravens in terms of news, and then we are going to move on to the mock draft. And that is, um, I guess it's kind of like a, a no news is good news situation, and this is coming from Ian Rappaport. Ravens All-Pro Offensive Tackle Ronnie Stanley received a medical checkup recently, and he's on pace to be ready for 2022, sources say. That's it, and that's good, and that's good to hear, because that means that there were no problems, there's no delaying, no pushing things back, and I would love for him to be the starting left tackle uh, in week one of the 2022 season. Any comments to that, guys, besides, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. believe it when I see it. I hope it's true. <laughs> and yeah, as you said, it would solve a lot of problems if Ronnie Stanley's the left tackle uh, to start week one. Yeah, we'll see who's uh, who's picking 14 for the Ravens. Jace. So we'll see, Jace, if that uh, little news blurb is going to completely change your pick at 14. Um, but yeah, that's it for the Ravens news. So let's get into this mock draft now. We've done this every year. Uh, if you have not heard it before... The three of us pick a random order pre-draft, uh, and this year the order is myself, then Jace, then Tim, and we just go in that order through the first round. We are taking what we think will happen. We are picking the player that we think that team is going to end up drafting, not necessarily who we think that team should be drafting, but who we think the team will actually end up picking. Uh, last year, one of our best mock drafts, uh, I'll say. Um, we actually were correct with picks one through five of this first round, as well as Devontae Smith, Quiddy Pay at 21, Najee Harris at 24. That was the easiest pick to the Steelers maybe of all time. Rashad Bateman to the Ravens at 27. We got that one. Greg Russo to the Bills at 30. So we're coming off of a pretty good mock last year. Uh, we all have our doubts uh, about the mock <laughs> this year. Guys, first impressions of this uh of this draft and of this this batch of, of players yeah this is going to be a lot harder go i think um it starts obviously at the very top there is no consensus number one overall pick uh i'm hoping antonio is still thinking hard about what he might do at one because uh i don't know what to do at two if he takes a specific player like uh the consensus of who might be the top guy seems to be ever evolving um obviously the quarterback class i think is what helped contribute to us nailing a lot of the picks last year. Um, There was just, it was pretty, well, we knew before the college football season even started that Trevor Lawrence was going to be the first overall pick of last year's draft. There's no quarterback like that uh, in this draft. And when that's the case, uh, it makes things harder Uh, when a quarterback isn't a slam dunk to go number one uh, and no team wants to to trade up and get one. Um, It it just leads a lot of unknowns. So I agree with uh, what you guys said, that it's a deep draft. I'm excited for what the Ravens have at 14. Um, 
because there will be a lot of great players, but it, it's hard. Like, I think in several years we'll look back and probably view the first overall pick from this draft as being underwhelming compared to other first-round picks, which isn't really fair to that first-round pick. It's just kind of a weird year. But, yeah, it there's so many unknowns. Um, the other thing to note is there are uh, eight teams with multiple first-round picks, which seems like has to be close to a record. Certainly, I don't remember this many teams having this many picks, and that means there will be trades. Uh, teams will not <laughs> remain in their spots, and that will obviously uh, make things hard for the accuracy of our picks. So... I think those are two things to keep in mind. There's no consensus on who goes is going where at this point. Uh, and also there will be trades. So, yes, this will be the hardest mock I think we probably ever have to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's unpredictable, but I think that's what makes it so fun. I mean, I've heard people say over and over again and, you know, oh, well, the draft. I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, not that it needs pub on here, but he was like, this draft stinks. I hate this draft. And it's like the unpredictability is what's going to make this so so very fun i'm going to sit there and watch all three days of this yeah there's a lot of investment from a raven's point of view because as jace talked about and we've mentioned before on this podcast it is a sneaky very important draft for eric DaCosta to replenish uh, the cupboard of talent before lamar jackson gets paid and there's been some misses in the last three years and there's been some hits but not not the you know, the level that we expect from the Baltimore Ravens. They got a ton of picks this year. There's going to be a ton of movement from them. So, yeah, maybe call it purple-tinted glasses. We picked 14, which is higher than we usually pick. Yeah, this Is is this how it feels, Cleveland? Uh, that was only seven minutes in. And I don't know. I think, I, I think the unpredictability makes these type of exercises fun. Now, once we get on, on the field, maybe it's not as many impact guys, but every time there's a consensus, every time there's a consensus about – these guys are the best or this guy's gonna stink or this is a good draft or this is a top heavy draft or a deep draft it's almost always wrong so maybe <laughs> this is one of the best drafts in recent memory who knows well, you know only time will tell but i'm very very excited to get into it let's just let's just get into it let's do it all right well with that uh oh boy with that uh i'll be on the clock drafting at number one for the jacksonville jaguars and my thing here is do they go productivity or do they go potential? They have several needs. This is a team that's been bad for a long time. Um, but they've fixed some spots, but they still have glaring needs, or had glaring needs, I'll say, on the offensive line and on the defensive line. They gave the franchise tag to the left tackle Cam Robinson. They recently signed uh, the guard Brandon Scherf to a big deal in free agency. So they've sort of addressed that offensive side. So I turn to the defensive line, where Aiden Hutchinson has been mocked as the number one pick seemingly everywhere for months. He's versatile. Uh, he's got the pass rush. Obviously, the productivity was there. 14 sacks. Sets the edge. He had multiple snaps at nose tackle uh, for that Michigan defense. Great hands. Ripping guys left and right off of him. Um... He's very, very good. He was a very, very good college player. Is he a, a great, great future NFL player? Is he a deserving of the number one overall pick? I don't really think so. As a personal opinion, he kind of looks like, and this is going to end up looking so bad five years from now, but he looks like a better Paul Kruger to me, if you want a Ravens reference. Uh, he's got some of the same kind of moves, the same kind of speed and burst. The guys that I see him beating in these college, this college tape is very slow, small 
right tackles. Didn't beat a lot of left tackles that, that I saw. So I have some questions here about whether he should be the number one overall pick. Um, and I promise I was thinking that in the last few weeks. I mentioned that to my co-hosts. And then some news today that Hutchinson, who was the pre-draft favorite to go number one, it shifted. The money's shifting, the odds are shifting, and now Trayvon Walker, who's maybe the most well-rounded of the edge rushers uh, in this draft, he's now the favorite for the number one overall pick, and I think he probably should be the number one overall pick. But this is the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they don't do the right thing. They do the safe thing, and they've been doing that mistake for many years. They do dumb things all the time, and I think they do something dumb again. And at the number one pick, they are drafting Aiden Hutchinson. I'm not getting away from it. I think they are taking him because he's the safest number one overall pick they could make. They get to tell the media afterward, look at all these numbers. Look at how good he was. Look at all the sacks. Look at all the tackles for loss. Whereas Trayvon Walker is somebody that they will kind of have to defend taking him in that number one spot. Only had six sacks uh, with Georgia. I think he's somebody that you have to project upside with. And even though he probably should go ahead of Hutchinson, Jacksonville, they don't have the stones. They can't do it. They take Hutchinson, and he does not live up to the number one overall pick. But that is in. The pick is in for Jacksonville. Aiden Hutchinson. I want to jump in here, uh, Jace, real quickly, because as if you've listened to these before, we do lean kind of heavy on Jace in terms of these top college prospects because he just is, is way more in it than we are uh, for the most part. But I want to steal a line from Nate Tice, who writes for The Athletic uh, and, you know, really, really smart football guy. One of those smart football guys that you like listening to breaks the game down in an easy way uh, for, for the layman like us to understand. And he made an interesting point. He said, this draft is full of doubles. Trayvon Walker is your home, wa- home run pick. But, you know, a home run can lead to strikeouts. So do you want to actually go with that way? Which I think is interesting. Seems like Hutchinson is your very typical doubles guy. We'll see what happens. What I think, the, the part of the report here that you talked about with Trayvon Walker being the number one pick now in terms of the odds and the betting because of Peter King's uh, report that came out on Sunday night, I believe, was that Trent Baalke, who is just straight up bad at his job, you know, there's no, there's no getting around that. The GM for the Jaguars, he, he, apparently really likes Trayvon Walker, but the owner likes Aiden Hutchinson. So, are you going to go against the owner here? Because uh, he likes Trayvon Walker because he kind of reminds him on field anyway of Alden Smith. Not a lot of production there. I don't know. I. Who knows? This this could all be – we could wake up on Tuesday morning when this releases, and it's like the Jaguars have told everybody they're taking Trayvon Walker. I I could see them just going with, we're in a terrible spot right now. We're getting off the roller coaster to this Urban Meyer. Let's hit a double into left center and be okay with it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I feel very similar about Hutchinson. Like, it's weird because I think if you picked Hutchinson at, like, fifth, I'd be like, wow, fantastic pick. But the idea, for some reason, of him being the first overall pick gives me some pause. Uh, NFL.com uh, is their kind of predict-the-pick recap of him, uh, of Hutchinson, says uh, he is more likely, quote, more likely to contend for occasional Pro Bowls than become an all-pro playmaker, which is not necessarily what you want <laughs> at the first overall pick. Uh, yeah, it, there's a reports out there uh, even earlier than Peter King's that, yeah, the pick for the Jaguars is down to, sounds like Hutchinson... Uh, Balky said it's down to four players, and the thought is it's Hutchinson, uh, 
uh, Walker and then the two tackles, uh, Neil and uh, Aquano. Um, so I like Hutchinson, I guess, at one. I, I'm not sold on it. Um, I'm going to go with the second overall pick to the Detroit Lions. Now, Hutchinson would have been a slam dunk here uh, to the Lions. Football and I think guy. There's, Football guy. Yeah, there's zero chance the Lions aren't taking the Michigan kid uh, when they desperately need defensive line help. Uh, the one thing the Lions don't need, offensive line. So our tackle's already falling because we are, I'm reading the tea leaves of everyone rocketing this guy up the board. I am taking Trayvon Walker uh, at number two here uh, to the Lions. Uh, he's a hard worker by all accounts. Seems like a Dan Campbell guy. They need literally, I mean, the Lions are a team that need everything, but they especially need uh, defensive line help and, and any sort of pass rush. I like that talent-wise, Thibodeau would probably be who I personally would look at at this spot if you need pass rush like the Lions do. But I don't see, um, you know, these 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 this talk about him not, you know, how committed is he to football? I do not see that co- uh, coexisting with Dan Campbell. Um, so I am going with Trayvon Walker here uh, at the second pick. I, I do think it, it seems like we're trending towards these two pass rushers certainly being gone in the top four. It seems. Yeah, I, I think Trayvon Walker is um, – you just – there's a lot of potential there. Like, just a lot of potential with a guy like that. So, I think it's it's a safe pick there. Uh, Antonio, do you have anything to add here before I go number three? Yeah, I you know, I, I tried to watch, let's say, more film on a lot of these first-round prospects than I normally would in my life because I'm trying to bring the good content to the people, uh, uh, the listeners of Pod Like a Raven. Trayvon Walker looks awesome. Uh, he only had six sacks, and that's this thing, like this well-rounded moniker, I think, sometimes can end up harming a player to where they drop because they don't have that like super skill or that super stat. But he does everything really, really, really well. Uh, played in a lot of different spots on the field, was strong against the run, ridiculous pressure as a pass rusher. I wrote it in my notes, slices between linemen, or bull rushes through them. And that seemed to be every other play. One of those two <laughs> things was happening. He even did some, like, had some stuff in coverage that, that was great to see. Um, and I I was afraid doing this early prep that the well-rounded aspect was going to knock him down. But I guess that is not a negative. People are seeing this as he's very well-rounded, but amazing at all these things in terms of being well-rounded. And the sacks, the double-digit sacks will come. So I, I, I really like... Uh, like the player, I think he, we were like half joking that he was going to be a Raven like months ago, but uh, <laughs> that's not happening anymore. He he's gone seemingly one or two. Well, it's funny we weren't joking. He was being mocked in that area for, to the Ravens at the start of this process, or I should say, start of the off season when people start paying attention to draft stuff after the you know the actual football ends. And so you know it's interesting how he is skyrocketed up the board. Um, all right, I'm I'm number three here. With the Houston Texans, who I'm doing this on the Draft Network, and they kind of do as you your pick comes up, team needs. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different positions that they say as team needs for, for the Houston Texans. There has been a lot, a lot of uh, talk about a guy like Sauce Gardner, the cornerback out of Cincinnati, who I believe, I think it's famously didn't let up a touchdown last year. Um, and f- for that team, nobody even threw to his side of the ball or the side of the field. Excuse me. There's Kayvon Thibodeau, who 
perennial he was going to be one or two all year and then he's doing stuff where he likes to get into cryptocurrency and does he love the game <laughs> and that's why dan campbell passed i think he's interesting there as well and people have kind of shook off the notion that the houston texans they're like well they don't need a tackle because they have laramie tunsil uh let me inform you they can get out of laramie tunsil's contract after next season this is a team that needs everything that needs talent across the board across the board so I'm going to go with a guy who Dane Brugler from The Athletic describes creates more pancakes than IHOP, which I absolutely love. He is the, one of the meanest players in this draft on the field. He can play a bit of right tackle. Uh, apparently his ceiling, if he kicks inside, is an elite level, possibly Pro Bowl, multiple Pro Bowl, all pro guard if they decide to keep Tunsil and move him there. It's the man out of NC State, Iki Aquano. I think is going to be the pick there. I think there's three tackles in this draft that uh, will go probably before the Ravens pick, which is a need for them as well as, you know, as we've noted a number of times here. Uh, I think Aquanu and Evan Neal are close with Charles Cross behind them, the man out of Mississippi State. But for me, I just – I you read all this stuff, you watch the stuff, and Aquanu – maybe Evan Neal is the more fluid player as an offensive tackle, but Aquanu is just meaner. He can he's – he's an elite pass blocker and, and a dominant run blocker. He loves beating the brakes off of guys. And if you listen to Pod Like Raven at all, you know, for, for a minimum 25 minutes, you've heard me talk about an offensive line trying to take somebody's head off. So, for me, make it a Quanu, uh, the pick there for the Houston Texans at three. Tim, I love that so much. And I love that you took him ahead of Evan Neal because I agree with that 100%. Uh Got a little, I, I, uh, my comp is uh, Quentin Nelson. Got a little Nelson anger and uh, and roughness to him. Uh, the He has maybe the, the most fun YouTube clip to watch yes. because he's just constantly looking to throw guys aside and he succeeds uh, in that on multiple occasions. I don't know if you mentioned this or not. Ran a 40 in under five seconds. Ran, ran a 4.9340. So that's the... That's the athlete that we have who's also angry and wants to win every block and, and throw people aside, so I love that pick. I am surprised, however, with being on the clock uh, as the New York Jets GM, I am surprised that a couple of guys are still available. I, I was expecting Kayvon Thibodeau to be gone uh, at this point, and so I had the Jets sort of even more than penciled in, almost in pen, uh sauce gardner going there and that pick but i gotta stick to my notes i gotta i gotta stick to what i believe in and i think Kayvon thibodeau is the best big asterisks everywhere the best prospect in this draft he's got the crazy speed power burst quickness tackling his arms are like a couple of eight foot sledgehammers and I think he could, should, would have been the top pick in this draft. And so if he's still there uh, at four, Robert Sala and the New York Jets are jumping all over this. We're going to address, you know, spoiler alert here is that I'm picking for the Jets again uh, in not too long. So we're going to address the secondary later in, in this draft if, if something falls to that uh, to that number 10 spot. But Kayvon Thibodeau still there at four. I'm taking him. He's going to be a disruptor. He's going to be getting double-digit sacks multiple years. Uh, and that's the pick at number four. I, I love it. Uh, the, you know, the Jets have needed an edge rusher, like, seemingly forever. Um, and uh, 
I, I think uh, Thibodeau, I'm with you. I think he's the best. I was desperately hoping he'd fall uh, to the New York Giants here at five because they, coincidentally, both New York teams, who I believe have, what, the, the matching worst record since 2017 in the NFL. Uh, it's been a, been a rough time to be a New York football fan. Um, but I think at this pick, the Giants, another team that needs quite a bit of everything. <laughs> but uh, uh, particularly, uh, I'm looking at the offensive line. Uh, here and uh, you know they have Andrew Thomas and no one else uh, at left tackle and Andrew Thomas is a great left tackle and I think this guy can be a great right tackle in the NFL he played it in college the pick is Evan Neal offensive lineman out of Alabama he played guard he started at guard at Alabama he started at right tackle at Alabama he started at left tackle at Alabama he is a freak he is so tall Uh, he is 6'7 350 great athleticism uh, for his size. Um, and I, I just think you, you put him at right tackle for the giants and you, you have a good thing for the next several years with him and Andrew Thomas. Uh, the rest of the offense, who knows? Uh, there's a lot of question marks there, but you at least have your foundational pieces on either side of the line. And then when the giants, you know, only win five games again this year, they can draft a quarterback like CJ Stroud or Bryce Young next year. So the pick is Evan Neal at number five. Yeah, it's see now this is one of the worst picks, and I admit when we did we did after uh, after the episode last week we did a random number generator to to figure out so we could do a little bit of research on team specific stuff for each of these play uh, each of these teams. And when I got six, I um, had some expletives in my head because I don't know what the hell the Carolina Panthers are. I don't know their plan. Matt Rule's seat is hotter than hot, it seems like, but then I could also just see him sticking around for a while because Carolina just doesn't really know what they're doing. Um, And this is the first spot. Now, again, we are not projecting trades, and there are going to be trades in this first round. That's how this is going to happen because of all the multiple first-round picks, what have you. This is one of the spots where pre-no-trades or whatever, there's quarterback links. There's Malik Willis. There's Kenny Pickett. Um, the I believe the owner, who is a very uh, hands-on guy at, in Carolina, is a former Pittsburgh man. And I think he donates to the school, so there's links to Kenny Pickett there as well. Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner, has fallen this far, but you think of the Carolina Panthers, and I, I'm looking at their depth chart now. They, they have J.C. Horn on the hook for a, a couple of years now. They picked him in the first round last year, but he was hurt all year. And then after that, I mean, the guys that they have past 2022 – Troy Pride Jr., Stanley Thomas Oliver, Keith Taylor are the other guys, along with Rashawn Melvin and C.J. Henderson, who was a former first-round pick who ended up being a bust. So do you go best player available and take Sauce Gardner there, a guy who who's supposed to go number three? You don't because you're the Carolina Panthers. Like Just like Antonio said before, I, I probably would take just Sauce Gardner and lock him up with J.C. Horn, and there are your two corners for the next five years. Sounds pretty good to me. So do I go quarterback here? Do I finally break the duct and pick a quarterback? No, I do not do that either. I, there's multiple reports that there, that all the smoke around Kenny Pickett to the Carolina at six is not real. So, I, boys, there's going to be a run on tackles. I'm taking the third tackle in the top six. I'm taking Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. He, uh, he didn't get a ton of time to do uh, uh, run blocking because he's in that air raid offense under Mike Leach, but proved to be a very, very solid 
pass blocker, somebody that can keep Sam Darnold or whoever the hell is throwing the ball in Carolina, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's Baker Mayfield, even though that would really upset Robbie Anderson if you didn't see those social media posts. <laughs> um, I think Charles Cross is the pick here. You take a bit of a safer pick as well, but again, another double into left center here and a guy that you know can pass block at the next level. Uh, so there, Cross is the pick for me. I, I, lo- I like Cross for two reasons. Like you said, the pass blocking is where he shines, and I think that's important for the NFL because I think you could probably get better at run blocking more so than pass blocking at the next level. I think it's a, probably a little easier. But uh, the Ringer just had this nugget, Tim, that I think makes Cross such a good pick. In uh, one of their draft guides, they had the Panthers have had seven different starting left tackles in the past seven seasons. <laughs> not good i feel way so, better about that selection yeah Thank they you. they need to uh as you said despite the uh they need to address that position and as you also mentioned despite the at one point having quote mutual disinterest it does seem like either baker mayfield uh will be the panthers quarterback or jimmy g so i, I like that pick a lot yeah i i like that pick as well um i had so we have we have these three tackles already gone now the top three tackles right i had Aquanu as like the most fun guy and maybe has the best chance to be a multiple time pro bowler. I had Evan Neal as he will play in the NFL for 10 years. Uh, and then Charles Cross is sort of this third guy who looks the thing that I saw from him more than anything else was the feet super quick feet, super nimble for a big guy. Uh, there's a lot of film of blitzes where they're doing like stunts. They're doing the you know, the rushers are doing crosses in front of them, and he's easily able to pick those up, uh, going left and right. Saw a little bit of the a uh, little bit of the chokehold move when he's getting beat to the outside. I saw that a couple of times, so he'll have to clean that up because the refs very much enjoy calling holding on that type move uh, in the NFL. So we'll see if they can clean that up. But a solid pick, and Tim, you did me a little bit of a favor there because. Picking with the Giants now, uh, they're going best player available. They've already dealt with getting a strong tackle in Evan Neal, and now they're able to turn around two picks later if this is still a thing that exists uh, by by draft time. And they're taking Sauce Gardner, and it's it kind of works out for them pretty well because it's a, it's a bit of a position uh, of need. They don't have... Um, Let's call it youth. I mean, NFL youth. James Bradbury is 28 years old, so that's not NFL youth, I guess. Uh, and he's going to plug in and try to start from day one. Sauce Gardner, the best corner um, in this draft. He's, I think, six foot three. He runs the routes for the receivers. He loves him some press man coverage and was the arguably the best corner uh, in, in college football this year. And he goes to the Giants. Uh... Let me get the number right at pick number seven, and they are thrilled to have him. And I think they would take these two guys in the top seven picks. I think without without hesitation. Yeah, I think if you are uh, Joe Shen, I believe is the new the GM for the Giants from the Bills organization. If it was an Antonio Barbera instead, they're putting up a statue outside of outside of the stadium <laughs> for you with this Evan Neal and Sauce Gardner at five and seven. The way this has played out is, I think, is fantastic. For what they're doing. And James Bradbury is one of the few good players on that Giants team. Sorry, Giants fans. But he's probably not going to be on that roster much longer. So there's your natural replacement as well. And now the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. And you talk about a team that needs truly everything. Uh, this uh, They're going to be one of the three worst teams in the NFL, I think, this year. Uh, and um, 
you know, I, 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 I've done this every mock. I've, I've had the same guy to them, and he's here. I think it begins. It is time to select a quarterback, and that quarterback is Malik Willis out what? of Liberty. We are rebuilding in a post-Matt Ryan world, Tim. Uh, because if you're the Falcons, if you're Arthur Blank, why, why do you care? Why should fans care? Why would anyone care about this organization if you don't have a quarterback? You are employing Marcus Mariota and... I don't know. Uh, you have no good receivers. Wow. I mean, they need everything. But you need a building block, and I think Willis is, you know, he he's he's so intriguing, and I think brings basically everything Matt Ryan has lacked the last few years, i.e. Uh, elite athleticism. I think it's just going the complete other way. It's someone Arthur Smith, I can't think, can really build around. And I think, I don't know that teams should do this, but I think Arthur Blank is the type of guy to be like, we need to inject stuff into the franchise he did it when michael vick went to jail and they went four and 12 and they drafted matt ryan third overall and i think they're going to do it again in a post matt ryan world i think they are looking at a quarterback and someone's got to take a qb and i think malik willis even though he might not be the most polished um i think he's the most intriguing and i think i i don't think we're getting out of the top 10 without one of these quarterbacks going off wow. the board. and just no uh, love for felipe franks jace i guess yeah i couldn't i was like I, I i josh rosen was there for a bit but i don't think he still is i couldn't remember yeah which college quarterback of the past they had but yeah felipe franks not the answer um so yeah malik willis it's a new era in atlanta and i think i think Again, it's hard to know what they'll do because they need absolutely everything, but I think this is at least a starting point for the franchise. So one, yeah, I, I, my shocked expression, I'm annoyed because I was probably I was going to try and shock the world and take Willis at nine. Now I know <laughs> to the Seahawks. Now I know where that's going. I, I want to set up a point that uh, and I, I use the athletic because, guys, the athletic is really good. They do really, really good stuff. So does USA Today, Jace. No, don't worry. I, I read them too. <laughs> but um, – Robert Mays from from The Athletic made an, uh, an incredible point a couple weeks ago where he mentioned he goes they were talking about a quarterback at eight. You know, they they've signed Marcus Mariota as well to kind of be the stopgap starter in Atlanta. His point was as a Bears fan, he's relating it to Justin Fields. Once you get your guy, that's the start of your window. So it's tough to put Malik Willis in a situation where one, he might not play. And then two, if he does play he's got no offensive line around him he's got barely any weapons so you're starting him off you know instead of setting starting him off on second base he's behind home plate in the dugout because of how far back the, the falcons are so it's a bit of a risk you know i think taking him at eight there when maybe the full rebuild doesn't come until he's in his third year in the league and then you have to start thinking about paying him you know that 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 would be my only thing there, but you're right. I mean, they, they absolutely need a quarterback, and Atlanta, you know, Atlanta's not a great sports town anyway, so maybe get a quarterback there who is a flashy guy that might might put some butts back in the seats there. I'm up at nine, but if we want to recap real quickly here what happened sure. before we do that, let's go. I'm going to go Aiden Hutchinson at one. We have Trayvon Walker out of Georgia going to the Lions at two. Iki Aquanu, the offensive tackle from NC State, to the Texans at three. Kayvon Thibodeau to the Jets at four. Evan Neal to the Giants at five. Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State, to the Panthers at six. Uh, Sauce Gardner from the Giants at corner out of, or 
from Cincinnati, excuse me, going to the Giants. They get Evan Neal and, and Sauce Gardner there. And then the first bomb, I think, of this draft from Jace, Malik Willis, the quarterback <laughs> out of Liberty, going to the Atlanta Falcons. Now, as I mentioned previously, I was planning on taking Malik Willis there. Um, I think the Seahawks, much like the Falcons, are a team that needs everything, even though Pete Carroll insists they're not in a rebuild. Uh, yeah, you are. Drew Locke <laughs> is your starting quarterback. They haven't had an offensive tackle in God knows how long. Uh, Russell Wilson constantly running for his life, but there's all three of the big guys are off the board. I could see, uh, apparently, according to Danny Kelly from The Ringer, who's a big Seahawks fan, they love old guys who show up uh, at the Senior Bowl, which was Trevor Penning. <laughs> Probably a bit too rich for our blood here at nine. And don't worry, there's been a lot of links to Trevor Penning to the Ravens uh, at, over Ravens Twitter over the past 48 hours. So that should be fun. But so for a team that needs everything, I think the guy who is the second most likely to be your home run or strikeout type of player here, or maybe home run single, like Trayvon Walker was at two, it's the corner at LSU, Derek Stingley, Stingley Jr. Uh, and off the charts season, his freshman year for that dominant LSU team with you know the likes of Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson on the offensive side of the football. Had some injuries uh, as well. Hasn't really performed as well. Jace, you could you could offer more insight into how he performed his final two years in college. But the talent is there. His pro day was awesome. Uh, you know, the measurables are all there. And I think that he has a chance to be – there is a chance he's the best player far and away in this draft class. So you get him at nine, I'm taking that. And you kind of start trying to find talent all over the field for the Seahawks. I, I love that for the Seahawks. Yeah, coming out of – his like freshman year, everyone was like Derek Stingley, future top five pick, and and then yeah, injuries have just kind of derailed his past two years. But but I, I still think the talent's there, and and I think he's you know Pete Carroll, former defensive backs coach, he loves his defensive backs. Uh, I think this is a great pick uh, for the Seahawks, and I could definitely see them taking him if uh, he's on the board. But I am with you too. I think it would be very funny. Uh, if one of the tackles we, we uh, have already have off the board, if, if perhaps Charles Cross falls, uh, if the Seahawks take an offensive lineman in the top 10 after not drafting like a single offensive lineman for Russell Wilson, basically for 10 years, I think that'd be very funny yeah. and a great bit. Right. So I'm kind of rooting for that too. <laughs> yeah. Derek Stingley, uh, the tape so good that first year and so little of it for the next two years. So we'll see what, uh, We'll see which player shows up in the NFL. I am picking for the Jets at 10, and you kind of, uh, for the second time, I think, in a row, Tim, you've kind of helped out uh, the GM after you with this pick because the Jets here need needed <laughs> need help defensively. Uh, they gave up the most yards and the most points in 2021. They addressed that with their first pick, uh, grabbing Kayvon Thibodeau, and they were looking to maybe get a Sauce Gardner, uh, looking to maybe get Derek Stingley, but neither of them are available. So instead, what do the Jets do? They turn to Flash. Uh, they have been dying to get a top NFL wide receiver. Uh, they were trying to get, potentially, um, Devontae Adams, some other big names. They were trying to get uh, the name, I can't remember now, the Chiefs. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. They were trying to get a trade for Tyreek Hill. Neither of those worked, so they reach at this pick for the best wide receiver in this draft, and that's Jamison Williams. And they are not afraid, even though they probably should be, about the torn ACL that happened uh, in January. 
but they believe he can make a comeback. He is far and away the best wide receiver, if if healthy, in this class. Had all the numbers at Alabama, has all the skills, has the 6'2", 180, had 1,500 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns <laughs> for Alabama. And they get a stud to match with Zach Wilson for the next 10 years. Uh, so the Jets, they address one thing on defense, but due to picks, they're, you know the cornerbacks take, being taken a little bit ahead of them, they turn to offense for now and then maybe try to address defense uh, a bit later on in the draft because I, I think they have another pick uh, in the early 30s, I want to say. They're picking again at like 35. So they'll, they'll deal with the defense then when I don't have to mock it. So <laughs> Jamison Williams to the Jets at pick 10. Um, at number 11, the Washington Commanders are on the clock for the first time under their new name. And uh, the slide stops. I'm keeping it pretty simple. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is being selected by the Commanders with this pick. They have needed a safety for a long time. Landon Collins recently released. Uh, did not quite pan out, I think, the way they hoped. Um, and I think Washington just has never, in a very, very long time, had a guy on the back end that can really force turnovers at a high rate. And I think they're over the moon if Kyle Hamilton falls to 11. They definitely could use a second receiver uh, to help out Carson Wentz, lest we forget he is their quarterback now. Um, and certainly, you know, offensive line is always seemingly an area of need for Washington. But uh, I, I think uh, they go Kyle Hamilton and just try to, you know, with that, that stud uh, defensive line they have, uh, in theory, wasn't as good as you kind of probably wanted it to be last year. But put another playmaker on the back end and i think they could have a pretty special defense uh so kyle hamilton is the pick at number 11 what do you project him as jace because he's the most and, and somebody who doesn't watch a ton of college football everybody goes uh, uh, super smart very instinctual knows all of that but you know not maybe he's your tweener and people got scared off by the isaiah simmons thing i think kyle hamilton's a better football player than isaiah simmons was out of clemson who ended up going to arizona but what does he project as? I mean, I think I think if he falls to 14 and the Ravens pick him, I'm ecstatic because I know he's a safety, but they'll just use him all over the field, and it will be awesome to watch. But what do you think for the commanders? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's definitely a, a concern because he, he is kind of, you know, definitely a lankier and probably not as, you know, doesn't have the high-end speed you might expect. But he's just so instinctual, I think, that I, I – and he forced so many turnovers in, in college. It's hard to not – think that like, those skills translate and so i'm, I'm higher on him i know i thought isaiah simmons would be good too that's that's a little i'll hand up i thought he was so good in college so that's definitely a concern but but i i think hamilton's a lot more natural fit um at, at his position and and just is like real intriguing i think with um his size and uh ability and stuff so yeah i i think he could be um pretty special and I'm with you. If he falls to 14, even though the Ravens just signed Marcus Williams, I would not hate drafting Kyle Hamilton and just having two pretty good safeties, young safeties, uh, for the next five years. That would be uh, – I'm very interested in that. So, all right, I'm up at 12, and, and for those of you who are just skipping ahead to 14th pick, we apologize. Um, <laughs> but – Another team that I didn't really know what to do with is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you know, as I mentioned before, I got third pick and I kind of hated it because I don't really know what these teams need. Um, and it's it's interesting that I look here and not a ton of receivers have been taken. You know, obviously they have Justin Jefferson who they're going to have to pay. Adam Thielen's getting older and there's not a ton outside of that. 
with these receivers dropping like this, is this a time to take a player like that? And I'm, 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 I'm doing like Antonio did and just trying to throw to other people because I'm very confused. I don't know what to do now. Garrett Wilson and Drake London are both still sitting there. But I am going to take the player that the Vikings have been mocked to in almost every single mock draft I've seen. And it's the third corner off the board, uh, my second straight cornerback, and it is Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Um, some people have him as the second best. I know Dane Brugler from The Athletic has him as the second best corner in this draft in front of Derek Stingley. People are a little bit worried about his length and also a little bit worried that he wasn't thrown to uh, on his side of the ball. He wasn't tested a lot because he was so good in coverage. But guess what? Neither was Sauce Gardner. You're really good, so they're not going to throw to you. And I think that's a positive rather than a negative. Smart football player, can play in a number of schemes, and again, you know me, isn't afraid to tackle, likes playing up against the run, is an effective blitzer for a team that really has nobody on the back end, uh, in the corner slot anyway, obviously Harrison Smith is there, and I was thinking of maybe pairing the two Golden Domers on the back end if Kyle Hamilton slipped again, uh, but obviously Jace, you know, cucked me again, so thank you for that, Mr. <laughs> Evans. Um, I got Trent McDuffie here, the corner out of Washington, going to the Vikings. I like it. They, I feel like the Vikings have kind of taken a swig and miss at corner several times over the last handful of years, and it's it's definitely hurt them. So, uh, I think that's just a, a great, a real solid pick. Tim. And if real quickly, the two players that I think most of us would be the most excited about for the Ravens, Jermaine Johnson and Jordan Davis, call this purple tinted glasses with two picks left, are both sitting there. So we're feeling pretty good as Ravens fans, I think. Yeah, so this is pick 13. This is the everybody starts to sweat because we each have our own favorite for who we think the Ravens should take. So are the Texans, who are on the clock uh, at 13, going to take whoever we think uh, we think we want? Um, they already drafted at pick number three, and they took, according to Armok, uh, Aquanu. So they've dealt with the offensive line. They need help all over the place. So after dealing with the offensive line, they turn to the def defensive line, and there are a couple of guys uh, on that line. I think a lot of us will be sweating because we want Jordan Davis to be available at 14. And I think he is available at 14 because Devontae Wyatt is going to go 13. Wow. He's the interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. He's very, very good. Good Lord, the size, the power, the speed. Here's another guy that I am positive will play 10 years in the NFL, clogging the middle of the line, and he goes so high as like a run-stuffing interior lineman because he can also rust the passer. Had multiple sacks with Georgia last year, is going to take on the double teams, is going to run stunts to break cut through the line. Uh, I would have liked him with the Ravens at 14. But I think he's going to be, he's going to, the Texans view him as a guy who's going to play more downs uh, than Jordan Davis will. And so they take him at 13, leaving the Ravens with uh, a couple of fascinating players at 14. Yes. And so here we are. Hold on, Jace. Hold <laughs> well, on. Before we get there, and well, not to tease people, why is Wyatt going ahead of Jordan Davis? I think he plays more. I, I think he's really really good at his role and even for the role that he plays with the pass rush upside he could be a three down guy which at the moment we don't know if Jordan Davis can do that's been sort of the big issue with him is that he is he a first you know first and second down guy is he a 30% of the snaps 
uh, guy at this point in time, and I think the film for Wyatt is enough to, to take him one step ahead when you think he's going to do more for you when you need guys that can play a lot because you have serious holes all over this team. Yeah, I think with Wyatt, it's he's. I feel like so much easier to project. Like, because I'm with you, and that brings us to the Jordan Davis conversation. Because I, I love him. I think Jordan Davis was the best player on the best team in America last season uh, in college football. But also, yeah, what will he be in the NFL? Will that translate? I like the thought of it translating, but it's hard to know for sure. And it's that fact i think that will scare teams away from him because if it's just based on like things freak athleticism we've never seen before and what he did in college uh serving as like the disruptor in the like the guy in the middle that aside from nicobe dean who i we should say is probably also in the conversation maybe for this pick um uh you know davis was i think george's most like important player you could argue um and but, like, yeah, will that translate? Can he keep his weight and not, you know, he's a huge guy. Uh, you don't want him to get too much bigger um, than what he is because that might sap some of his athleticism. And even though he, he has flashed some of the athleticism, can it translate into a pass rush? I don't know. Um, that being said, I am intrigued by Jordan Davis, as we've said many times on this show. Um, and uh, I think if he's there... For the purposes of this exercise, let's take Jordan Davis. Yes! 14. <laughs> um, uh, but I do have questions about him, and I feel like the longer the draft process drags on, like the less sure I feel like I get of Jordan Davis, because I feel like the draft process ex- ex- exposes your flaws. But yeah, um, I- I'm definitely intrigued by him. Well, hold on then, Jace. I want to pick your brain. Let's pretend... Because this is the Ravens pick, we can spend a little bit more time on it. Let's pretend the Texans go Jordan Davis uh, at 13 and remove that uh, necessity of for this exercise, quote unquote, for this exercise. What would you be looking for the Ravens in terms of best, you know, fit and uh, availability at 14? So if it plays out like we did in this, and and but Davis is off the board and Wyatt's there, I actually don't think they will take Wyatt. Um, I think they're probably, if Jermaine Johnson's there, it seems like he'd be a guy uh, they would go to. You know, they did just draft Adafi Owe last year, but I think you, A, you need more pass rush, you know, beyond just what they produced. Tyus Bowser towards his Achilles, uh, who knows if he's going to even be ready to play this year. They need pass rush, and I think having two bookend pass rushers for presumably the next five to ten years would be very intriguing to them. But then the more I also, I feel like, go on personally i circle back to linebackers a lot i love the idea of devin lloyd uh at this spot the he just the production was just off the charts and also nicobe dean i know what we talked about uh with james last week but i still for me he was he was he was everywhere and was the man in the middle a literal like mechanical engineer or something an engineering major what a brilliant guy on and off the field it can just diagnose things a rocket undersized sure but i feel like he, he just is so instinctual that he just feels like a ravens player to me in many ways um and then uh yeah and then i the other i guess position you would probably be examining at the spot um is you know um a cornerback andrew booth is on the board um we kind of 
took a run on uh, a more corners. Um, but yeah, so for me, if Davis isn't there, I think in the scenario, I think they're probably picking between Jermaine Johnson and then um, one of the two linebackers. I personally have kind of circled back less on the need for an offensive lineman. I don't know where you guys stand on that at uh, the first pick, just with those top three guys coming off the board. There's no one I think I love enough to warrant at 14, but um, that would, I guess, certainly if like Charles Cross is on the board, I'm not going to be stunned if the Ravens draft Charles Cross at 14. So um, yeah, for me, if it's not Davis, uh, I think it'll be one of the two linebackers or maybe a corner uh, or Jermaine Johnson. Um, basically, whatever pass rusher is still there, whatever linebacker is still there, if they don't pick Davis. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think – I don't know how, how this has played out, how we've done this, because I think Antonio started this conversation with, I think there's 14 really good players. So I think the Ravens are going to have a good player fall to them at 14. I'm frankly, I'm kind of stunned that both Jermaine Johnson and Jordan Davis were there. But looking at our top picks, the only guys who I'm, you know, and we'll do a little bit of this later in the show, but the only guys that I'm like, whoa, wow, okay, I didn't think he would go that high, but obviously, you know, what the hell do I know, are Willis and and Devontae Wyatt. Um, I think it's obviously good for the Ravens to have options at 14, but I'm with you on the offensive line. I don't think that at this stage anyway – you're going to take uh, any of the guys that are available. I mean, unless they love one of the guards, you know, Zion Johnson for out of Boston College, who it seems like he's like a guard, and so it's not a premium position, but he's going to go like 20 and, you know, be a pro bowler for the next 12 years or whatever it is, something like that. Um, so I think that's interesting as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I love Jordan Davis. I'll, I'll, I'll die on the hill of Jordan Davis and Calais Campbell playing in a defensive line front, please. Like, that would just be – so so intimidating. Um, it, it just seems like a, a guy the Ravens would figure out. Right. Like maybe that's putting too much well, faith. Terrence in Terrence Cody. I, uh, right. Yeah. Well, that's the concern. Is Cody was awesome in college too, but I think he never had the level of explosiveness that we've seen from Davis. And and that's I think what's intriguing is right. that that athleticism at a guy that size that we just haven't seen. And I think that's what makes it so hard to project. Like I'm not going to be stunned if someone takes Jordan Davis at the top ten. Like like if Pete Carroll's just like. He's a huge guy who could move real fast. I like that. Like, this is the man, a 70-year-old man who once took a shirt off for a meeting with DK Metcalf. Like, I'm not going to be surprised uh, if Jordan Davis is off the board, I guess. But uh, it's just like not knowing where to put him. I think that's hard. But uh, we've talked about it a lot on the show. They need him. Brandon Williams is not going to be on this team. Michael Pierce, you know, like him. He's a stopgap. Um, they need they need a guy in the middle. and They haven't drafted a defensive lineman in the first round since they picked Haloti Nada. That obviously worked out very well for the Ravens in roughly the same spot. I don't remember the exact I think it was pick. like 12. Not, yeah, yeah, Nada was. But I'm not going to say Jordan Davis is going to be Haloti Nada because I think Haloti Nada was awesome and underrated and one of the best you know defensive linemen in the NFL for a five-year stretch there. But uh, I, I'd, I'd be over the moon if they take Jordan Davis on draft night. Yeah, I just wonder. I wonder. I, I look, I'm, I'm a Jordan Davis stand. This is a Jordan Davis podcast, but <laughs> Jermaine Johnson and getting pass rush and getting him and Oway together. Ah, it's tempting too, but all right. Well, and that's the thing with pass rushers. You have two, they have to account for. It's harder to double two different guys. Right. So that's, what's intriguing about that. too. It is a deep edge class though. So maybe that plays a role in it as well. It's wide receiver yeah. and edge apparently are the two deepest things in this draft. And speaking of wide receiver, the fact that Garrett Wilson is still yeah. on the board 
at 15, they're, will the Eagles draft a wide receiver for the third year in a row in the first round? Yes, they will, because Jalen Rager didn't work out and Devontae Smith did. So they need a second guy. And Garrett Wilson, consensus top 10 pick. Daniel Jeremiah currently has him as the fourth best player on his big board. <laughs> and somehow, us miscreants have let him stay this long. Uh, I think I think Drake London's an intriguing option too, but I, I'm running to I'm running the card up to the podium with Garrett Wilson here. Explosive player, uh, comped by different people. I believe Daniel Jeremiah, as I mentioned, comped him to Stefan Diggs. Dane Brugler of The Athletic comped him to CeeDee Lamb. Excellent body control, incredible after the catch, gets to top speed quickly, makes every grab. Has a few drops, but it's something that, it, you know, concentration stuff that it should be okay. Um, you know, Jace, I, I want to throw to you a little bit. It seems like Garrett Wilson is him or Jamison Williams if you want the guy that's going to take the top off or kind of the two consensus guys. What do you what do you make of Garrett Wilson compared to a Drake London or even his, his teammate Chris Olave at Ohio State? Yeah, I think the thing people like about Wilson is he's probably the most well-rounded of the wide receivers. He, he, he kind of does everything well. Um, he's got the speed, but he also can make pretty much every catch. Um, and, and so I think that's why people intrigue him. I, I will say I, I did expect – when I did all my personal mocks, it's funny. I had a run on receivers, and so he had been gone for quite a while by this point. So, yeah, I think the Eagles would be absolutely thrilled. I feel like um, – they're, I, they seem a lock to be taking a receiver, certainly, in this draft. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm with Antonio. I like what Jamison Williams can be more, and I think that's why a team like the Jets should um, take a gamble on him. But I feel like Garrett Wilson has like an extremely high floor uh, and should be productive uh, pretty much no matter what, excuse me, where he goes. All right, I'm on the clock at 16, but first I'm going to recap uh, the last few picks. I think the last one uh, we mentioned was 8, Tim. We had Malik Willis uh, picked at 8 to the Falcons. Derek Stingley Jr. going 9th to Seattle. Jamison Williams going 10 to the Jets. Kyle Hamilton. I've seen him to the commies on 85 mocks, seemingly. He just fits right into what they want, and uh, and that value seems seems right. Trent McDuffie at 12 to the Vikings. Devontae Wyatt at 13 to the Texans. Future Hall of Famer Jordan Davis uh, at 14 to the Baltimore Ravens. And then Garrett Wilson at 15 to the Eagles. And I am now on the clock at 16 with the New Orleans Saints, who have two picks. They have a pick at 16. They have a pick at 19. This was done a few weeks ago in a trade with the Eagles to get a second first-round pick. Smells like they're going to package these two to move and get somebody else earlier in this draft. It would be a bit, uh, it's a little confusing. Nobody seems to know. Nobody can read the tea leaves and understand exactly what they're doing at this point. But we're not doing trades, so I'm taking them as two picks. Uh, and the Saints, at the moment, they're rolling with Jameis Winston, seemingly, at quarterback. Uh, they have a need at left tackle. They have a need at wide receiver. There are players at both of these positions available at the moment, but I think there's more depth for them at 19 with wide receiver, which is where I will also be drafting. So at the moment, there's one guy left that fits a need for them at left tackle, and that is going to be Trevor Penning. Uh, he is maybe a, you know a half step behind these first three offensive linemen, and then it's this dude, this six seven. Uh, 300 plus pound just angry guy who's got a, a ridiculous motor uh, a, the body to play in the NFL uh, 
there are some questions about the competition that uh, that he has played against, um, uh, playing for Northern Iowa, not playing the biggest of, of opposition, and not playing the biggest of defensive players, physically speaking, uh, when you're playing uh, on Northern Iowa, but I think he's got the right sort of mean meanness to him there's all these clips of him at the combine like trying to pick fights with all the defensive players and i think the saints see that and and, and see a positive uh i have a little bit of question marks from reviewing uh his film it seems like he's off balance more than you would like i see him leaning forward doing the like forearm lunge uh, at guys a lot with his arms so we'll see if he can work out the footwork but the body is there uh and there's a need for um uh, a tackle for New Orleans, so they take Trevor Penning uh, at pick 16. 17. No, 16. Yeah, 16. Antonio, you, uh, we'll get more into this later, but you've hurt my feelings because both of the last two guys you've selected were guys I had tabbed uh, for this spot with the Los Angeles Chargers at number 17. Um, but, um, you know, a team that addressed a lot of their needs uh, in different ways this offseason, they trade for Khalil Mack. Uh, unless you forgot, they gave a monster contract to J.C. Jackson, uh, who has led the NFL in interceptions since he came in. They do probably need a right tackle, which I was going to slot one Trevor Penning right into. Uh, but, um, you know, I, 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 um, I think another kind of, they, they still need a little bit of secondary help. So I think I'm going to go uh in this spot for them with andrew booth i think if one of these corners is on the board they won't necessarily be upset and i think for him he doesn't have a ton of starting experience uh in his career because you know clemson they kind of rotate five stars through so very similar to alabama um but you know he's not going to be under a ton of pressure with the chargers with them just having imported jackson um so i i think it's a decent spot the chargers don't it's weird with the Chargers because they're a roster you look at and you say they don't need a ton, but they somehow keep not making the playoffs even though they have what seems like a top 10 QB and a good offensive line and, and all this stuff. So, um, you know, it might, for the Chargers, I think they're probably just in best player available mode because uh, the, the, they have a pretty strong thing going. But I think Andrew Booth could help in terms of things they have quote-unquote needs for. Does the injury history scare you at all? Because I think that's the thing that you're hearing with Andrew Booth is that people are worried that they don't want to take him in the first round, much like uh, Farley, the Virginia Tech corner last year with the with the Titans, because you know elite player, but you know might not be able to stay on the field. Yeah, I mean that's always a concern, right? I guess, but I, I think that's where if you are a team like the Chargers, you kind of have a little bit of a more of a luxury to kind of to, to to take chances. Um, cause like kind of, as Antonio was saying, when it comes to the Texans, like the Texans, you literally need players who will play, even if like their, their ceiling isn't maybe as high. It's like, we're so limited in just having NFL level talent that like, even if a guy, you know, we're not, we know maybe this guy has like all pro potential, but there's the giant question marks, like really bad teams. It's, it's harder to kind of, I think like ignore those red flags when you just desperately need uh guys and you're trying to your team is trying to win because you know the bad teams all the coaches and the staff are another bad season away from probably getting fired so i I think that's where a team like the chargers can definitely take a little more of a gamble with that kind of thing all right uh 
much like the the Giants earlier in this process, and I believe even the Jets too, I think the Eagles are ecstatic with their two picks and how these have ended up. Um, you know, I think that there is a case. You know, Jordan Davis has been linked there a lot. If he falls past 14, he's easily going to be the scoop up at 15, and then they'll wait for one of the wide receivers at 18. You know, Drake London is still here for the Eagles. They obviously won't go back-to-back because Garrett Wilson was inexplicably there. They're going to take him there and see what happens uh, at 18 to make sure nobody else picks him because, obviously, we've seen the Saints. They definitely need a wide receiver as well. If I could take a guess where Antonio is going next. But don't worry, I'm not going there. I'm just going to go a guy who, you know – probably my second favorite Ravens pick if it happens. A man who projects to be a three-down player from the start. A bulldozer. We've talked about him already. Pro-ready. Only one season after leaving Georgia. He left Georgia to go to Florida State, but then he excelled. It's Jermaine Johnson. We don't have to do too much more on him because we did just talk about him a lot with the Ravens pick. But you look at the Eagles. I know they brought in Hassan Reddick, the hometown kid, to come back. Sack machine there. But outside of that, it's Derek Barnett. The defensive end, uh, I believe I was just looking at it as well. Brandon Graham, who was really getting up there in age as well. So you bring in another guy. Coming off an Achilles injury, I think. Yeah, I believe you're right there. So (laughs) I think they would rather have a guy, an interior defensive lineman, but with Wyatt and Davis off the board, I don't think there's anybody there yet. Jermaine Johnson is incredible value at 18. So you go with Garrett Wilson and Jermaine Johnson, you're feeling pretty damn good about yourself as an Eagle, uh, as an Eagles fan. Yeah. Uh, I love that pick. There's always the one guy, if not more, uh, who fall. <laughs> and Jermaine Johnson, he's like an interesting, he's got an interesting story. Was at Georgia for two years and was sort of like a spot player for them. And now uh, at Florida State has that awesome year. He's going to be 23 years old uh, as a rookie, which is you know sometimes seen as a half negative. So another one of those guys, like, did he have one really, really good season? Uh, or is this like the first season of, of many to come where he is a... <laughs> Uh, Pro Bowl player. So uh, a good pick there for the Eagles. And I am back on the clock with the Saints at 19. And I, I'm New Orleans. I've worked this perfectly based on uh, based on the, the depth of different positions after taking Penning at 16. I'm now dealing with wide receiver. And I'm taking Drake London. Uh, Danny Kelly of The Ringer had this comparison, so I don't want to just steal it, but I promised everyone that when i saw the video on youtube saw the clips of him i also agreed it's just it it springs off the off the film let's say he looks like mike evans he's 6'4 200 plus pounds he runs the same as mike evans he is the definition of like a hands catcher the ball never hits him in the chest he is always reaching out with his hands always high pointing the ball uh and if i'm the saints i'm thrilled to be getting him uh at 19 Michael Thomas has not been, like, the same for multiple years now for them. Marcus Calloway led the team last year with 46 receptions, and that's not going to get it done. So the Saints, they go with Jameis Winston, and they got to build a little bit around him. So they get the offensive line help, and then they get the wide receiver help with Drake London going to New Orleans at 19. I like it. Makes sense. Uh, I when I when I did these mocks just on my own, I ended up with a receiver to the Saints in every single one of them. So uh, it, it seems like if they're not packaging these picks, I think one of them ends up being a wide receiver, like without a doubt. And that's even with Michael Thomas allegedly coming back. Uh, who knows if that's uh, true or not? Uh, um, it's been a weird saga with him. 
Um, but now the the dreaded rival, the the evil empire, the Pittsburgh Steelers, are on the clock. Well, you got the Ravens, so you have to take the Steelers too. Yeah, I know it's the duality of life, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, so the Steelers have some needs, and um, you know it's funny. I took Malik Willis, who I think has Mike Tomlin has been opening pining, openly pining for, uh, clearly, um, in the the pre-draft process. Um, but I I know some people feel otherwise. I do not see the Steelers leaving this draft without taking a quarterback. It just it seems impossible, having watched the entirety of the 2019 season when. Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges wasted an excellent defense that has deteriorated a little bit since then, despite, you know, what TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward do to the Ravens every time they play them. The rest of the defense hasn't been all that, but despite the Steelers having some needs, they really, I think, you know, to they really revamped their offensive line in the offseason here. Um, I think they're going for a quarterback, and I think that quarterback in Kevin Colbert's final draft, the longtime GM of the Steelers. Uh, I think they are going to take Matt Corral. And I know the Whoa! Kenny Pickett's there. I know that everyone likes Kenny Pickett, but Mike Tomlin has said over and over, they've made this whole point about they want athletic quarterbacks who can run because Ben Roethlisberger couldn't do that for the last 15 years of his career. And, you know, I, I think, I think they're looking here at Desmond Ritter or Corral. I like Corral more personally, might just be for watching Ole Miss games and, you know, Lane Kiffin throwing the, the clipboard in the air, all the fun that an Ole Miss football game brings. But I, I love Matt Corral. I think he has things he clearly needs to work on, but I just like his upside. And I think of all the quarterbacks that aren't Malik Willis, he probably has the highest upside here. And I know I'm the quarterback guy in this mock now. I've taken both quarterbacks selected. But, um, you know, more quarterbacks always go than you think. I'm not going to be surprised if we leave this first round with uh, without four quarterbacks. Like, if four quarterbacks could take him on Thursday night, I'm not going to be shocked. But, um yeah, so I think the Steelers, uh, they're not a team that likes to, uh, you know, I feel like kick the can down the road. Uh, I think they're going to take a chance on Matt Corral because they saw what a life with a full season without Ben Roethlisberger looked like, and it was awful. And I just don't see them riding Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph for a full season. Um, so Matt Corral is the pick here. And, uh, yeah, they're going to try to – compete and keep up in the the afc north qb arms race that is <laughs> occurring here oh man i i i was i was sure you were going to take ritter or Pickett, but i think that's interesting this is why mm. this is why this draft is so fun i think it's unpredictable and corral yeah he is he is probably got the bigger upside of those guys i think people are relating yeah I, go ahead I, I i had thought a lot about ritter he does seem like a mike tomlin guy like a winner uh, that seems like a guy the Steelers would pick, like a guy who's like, does he have all the tools? Not really, but all he does is win, and that has to mean something, and a mature guy. But yeah, I, I, for me, I, I, it's more just a personal pick. I'm more intrigued by Corral, but big picture, I think, I think the Steelers are taking a quarterback here. Oh, see, this is interesting. All right, so, you know, I have Evil Empire number two. <laughs> Although their their Darth Vader is gone, and that is the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots have an interesting number of needs for a team that spent a lot of money 
uh, it last off season, you know, obviously the non Belichick, like, oh my God, how, why is he spending all this money? It's because they haven't really hit on draft picks uh, very, very recently. And I'm, I'm a bit conflicted here. They clearly need interior offensive line help. And there's a local lad from Boston College that is sitting right there for me at 21. They need linebacker help. Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, all gone from this team as well. They need secondary help. There's guys like Kyer Elam who, I mean, he might be good, but I remember Matt. So I don't know if I really just want to draft him because of, <laughs> you know, just, uh, just the past experiences. They could always use a little receiver help, although they did sign Devontae Parker, so maybe that's out of the picture. But a guy like Chris Olave is still there. A guy like uh, Traylon Burks is still there as well. So I'm not sure what to do here. George Karloftis, the edge out of Purdue, who just seems like if, if he falls to the Ravens, everybody's going to be like, that's a typical Raven, hard-nosed, <laughs> tough player, which you can kind of say about the same thing with the New England Patriots. Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan, versatile safety who, you know – Bill Belichick loves versatile players, so maybe that could help. I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd. I'm going to take the linebacker. I know it's something that they haven't done in the past, but you know what? Their past couple of drafts haven't been that great anyway, so maybe you just do take this first-round linebacker like you did with Hightower all those years ago. Can kind of do everything. Uh, projects as more of a weak-side linebacker, instinctive, and you know, as much as we love uh, N'Kobe Dean and watching him play, Devin Lloyd is kind of being graded out as the best interior linebacker for this team or for the for this draft excuse me so i'm going devin lloyd at 21 to the new england patriots i i keep circling back to either of these linebackers going to the patriots too and it's kind of scary because i don't like good defensive players falling to bill belichick especially like like you mentioned like the why lloyd's graded out higher i think both will if either one ends up with the Patriots, they'll be great for 10 years, and it'll annoy us. It'll be very annoying. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I really like Devin Lloyd. I think there's a chance that the Ravens may may move back if some of the things don't look good. I feel like he would be a guy they'd move back six spots, maybe, and then try to try to take. He looked like the complete, just the complete package uh, as a linebacker. Had the size, speed, strength. Uh, and he was on a defense that wasn't Georgia, so he was kind of like not protected by eight other first-round picks at the same time. He was just the guy and made plays all over the place and had like the best hands I've ever seen uh, from a linebacker in a long time. I love that love that pick, and I hate that the Patriots get him at 21. Uh, but I am on the clock at 22 with the Green Bay Packers. And Tim, oh my gosh, I wanted you to take Traylon Burks so bad so that I could just laugh and have the Packers not take a wide receiver again with their first pick. They have two picks in this first round. They pick again at 28, and I was going to push that wide receiver choice to 28. They need all the wide receiver help in the world, and with this guy still available, he's been mocked to them a bunch of different times, uh, and he's on the board, so I think he's a perfect fit, and it's Traylon Burks, um, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, He's been called Debo Samuel a uh, hundred different times uh, because of his ability to play in a lot of different spots on the field. I I half agree with that. I see a little bit more speed than Debo Samuel, and I see a little less brawn than than Debo Samuel. Um, this guy is six two, weighs two hundred and twenty five pounds, and ran a four five. He's got a lot of very nice things put together. He's the big dude who can also just burn. Look at the video of him 
separating from an Alabama corner and then outrunning three different Alabama defenders. If that's the level, then he's an NFL player, uh, and the Packers are thrilled to get him uh, at 22. And they keep Aaron Rodgers happy for at least a couple of minutes until they draft again at 28 and get somebody who's not another wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it seems... I wouldn't put it past the Packers to not draft a wide receiver because it'd be funny and they've like it seems like they live to sort of antagonize Aaron Rodgers to try to get the best out of him. But it seems impossible they're not going to take a receiver uh, in this draft. So I think that uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. The Cardinals are a weird team. Um, they are in a ongoing contract uh, dispute. I guess you could call it with Kyler Murray. So so take a third quarterback. Twenty three. Take him again. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to say, if for some reason Kyler Murray gets traded on draft night, that would certainly, I think, impact the direction they're looking. Um, but the ringer kind of noted uh, they have very few, um, de- very little depth at corner uh, and also have old pass rushers after letting uh, um, <laughs> trading Chandler Jones to the Raiders. Um, so that was a questionable decision. So I think... With, I guess the caveat, we should have mentioned him uh, probably a little bit with the Ravens. I think if he didn't hadn't torn his Achilles, this would be a spot David Ajabo might be at. And maybe even you mentioned a guy um, the Ravens might be looking at later if they're not going pass rusher in the first. Who knows? They might be able to snag Ajabo in the second. Um, but the guy I'm going to pick here, and he's actually, he lines up exactly with one of the ringer's quote-unquote friendly suggestions, is uh, George Karloftis, probably the last of the great non-Ajabo uh, prospects, uh, or projected first-round um, pass-rushing prospects on the board out of Purdue. Um, you know, I didn't watch a ton of Purdue games, admittedly, but he was very disruptive in all the all the games I, I saw of uh, Purdue. He's a big guy. Um you know, he's, he's, uh, rushes with power, which is, uh, very similar to a JJ Watt on their team. So maybe I think Watt could certainly serve as a mentor to him and that could probably help him a lot. So, uh, yeah, with the caveat, I guess also of just, uh, who knows what's going on with Kyler Murray, cause that will clearly impact what the Cardinals do in this draft. Um, and I'm sure there'll be more noise about that in the lead up to the draft from his agent about him not playing without a new contract, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think, for the purpose of this exercise, I think George Karloftis is a good pick, solid pick. Yeah, I, I like that pick as well. And I think, you know, they could just go weapon, weapon, weapon again. But it's, I think some of those guys are off the board. Um, speaking of a team that could go weapon, 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 and could have gone Arkansas weapon with Jerry Jones' ties to them, would have been Traylon Burks here. It would have been a tough decision for me with the Cowboys at number 24. But it is not anymore because Antonio took Traylon Burks off the board. I think Traylon Burks is one of the most intriguing players in this draft as well. I think, you know, a bit raw, but get the ball in his hands. Just get the ball in his freaking hands and let's see what happens type of guy. Uh, you know, Jerry would love that. I could see Jerry going, Olave's here. Let's just take Olave. Instead, we're going back to our roots here with the Dallas Cowboys. Those teams that I couldn't, can't say good because they haven't been good in a very long time. Or great, I should say. But when they were starting to get back into one of the better teams in the NFL is because the strong offensive line play, they've lost a little bit of that. They still have guys like Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, but the left guard spot is wide open. And that's why we're going to a guy who I could have taken 21, who I decided not to. It's Zion Johnson out of Boston college. 
Um, pretty much does it all. Another, it, it's funny with interior offensive linemen. You don't, you wait to pick them until later in the draft. And then, you know, uh, we have Dane Brugler here from The Athletic goes, yeah, he's going to be a decade-long – he's going to have a decade-long career starting in the NFL. At 24, sign me up for that. Probably at, a, at, at least a, a good level, if not great or elite level there uh, in the interior offensive line. That's what wins games for you. Jerry, don't go flashy. Go interior. He takes Zion Johnson out of Boston College. That's a great – Jerry Jones has, you know, took Zach Martin, took uh... – Oh, who is the the center? I, of course, I'm blanking on it. Out of Wisconsin, that was there for a long Travis time. Travis Frederick. Uh, yes, he's taking he's taking he's he's taking his interior guys in the first round. So uh, that would not be shocking. And his and his Arkansas boy is off the board. The hogs off the board. So <laughs> right. now now he's forced to take an interior guy. Uh, and that puts me on the clock with the Buffalo Bills at 25. Bills don't have a lot of needs. Uh, they were very good. They are very good. But one spot that they could at least build depth is at corner. Uh, Tredavious White is coming off a torn ACL. Uh, Levi Wallace left for the Pittsburgh Steelers this offseason. So I would I would admit that a few of the guys are already gone who would have been picked. But I'm gonna you know I'm the Bills. I'm ready to make a run. Uh, I don't have to do best player available. I'm more looking to plug this one hole that I have and try to make you know another run at a Super Bowl. So I'm taking the best corner on the board at the moment, and that's Kair Elam out of Florida. Um, boy, if you want to feel old, I'm about to read you something as a Ravens fan. Son of former NFL safety Abram Elam and nephew of former <laughs> Ravens first-rounder Matt Elam. That's a... That's a tremendous bummer, just having to be reminded of Matt Elam as a Raven and as a first-round draft pick. But his nephew uh, looks to be maybe a, a, a better player than he was. Um, six foot two, 190 pounds, uh, had five breakups, and is known to be aggressive uh, in the run game and strong in the passing game. He's got good size, and the Bills are going to plug him in as maybe the third corner, and that's all they really need. And they move on from this first round, and they try to make another run uh, to the Super Bowl. I like it. Makes sense. I think it's uh, interesting. But, sorry, sorry, Jason, I didn't mean to jump in on you because I know you're up here 26 here. I think – see, I think a guy like Brees Hall would be so good for them. Like, just take just take another stud offensive player to build around there, but I can totally see what you need. Uh, you know, and, and running back, first round, do you do it, do you not do it, what have you. But something about that just screams fun for me, especially because the Bills just haven't – you know, Josh Allen is their best running back, and how long can you be doing that? Yeah, that uh, – I'm not going to lie and say, yeah, every time I mocked, I gave them Brees Hall, but I think it's similar for fun reasons. I, I think for exactly what you said, Tim, uh, I think that's the case for picking a Kyrie Elam. You know, you could get running backs later uh, <laughs> these days, we've learned. But uh, the Titans, so – um, I had looked at Trevor Penning for a very long time. Another guy, Antonio, took uh, potentially off the board for me a while back uh, at this spot. He would seemingly slot in perfectly for them. A right tackle and could maybe even be their left tackle in the future if he plays well. The Taylor Luan is starting to get up there. Um, but I am going with... Um, they They also have a need at receiver. Uh, no longer have Julio Jones, who was uh, released, and uh, 
who knows if they'll have AJ Brown, as we I think discussed last week. Uh, he is uh, one of these many receivers in uh, kind of a contract standoff with his team. I have to imagine uh, they'll make, get a deal done. For, uh, Mike Vrabel seems very interested. They did trade for Robert Woods. He got injured late in the year, or midway through the year, so who knows where he is. So I'm taking a wide receiver, and I'm taking what I think is the best receiver on the board, and Chris Olave. Um, I'm a little surprised he fell as far. Uh, I think I'm not going to be shocked if there's a run on receivers in general uh, in the draft on um, Thursday night, but I, I think he just kind of fills uh, a, a, sort of a good need for them. Uh, you know, a little, I think, maybe of you know, AJ Brown's just such a physical freak. And I think Alave, you think of him being like a lot smoother probably. And, uh, I, I think they would just pair well together. Um, and you're kind of married to, uh, Ryan Tannehill. I think Tennessee could be a sneaky quarterback team, but I don't, uh, you know, they can't really get out of Tannehill's deal. Um, so I, I think they're married to, uh, why am I freaking blank? I was first time. Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill's, uh, uh, for the next season. So um, I, I think they just have to try to give him as many weapons uh, as possible. So Chris Olave is the pick here. But I, yeah, I wanted them to Trevor Penning to be on the board because he just seems like a Mike Rabel guy uh, to the core. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I could also see them taking that quarterback and you going three for three in our mock of taking all the quarterbacks <laughs> here in the draft, which would be interesting. Um, all right, I'm up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um if you didn't know, Tom Brady's back. That's fun for everybody. And they are in win-now mode. I, I see two needs for this team. Adama Kinsu is still not signed as of this recording. They need interior defensive line help along with Vita Vea. But they also need to keep their geriatric quarterback upright. So what I'm going to do, and they lost, uh, they brought in Shaq Mason from the New England Patriots. So that's, that's one spot filled. But they still need to fill their left guard spot. I'm going to go with Kenyon Green. Pretty good in pass protection. A bit of a mauler as well. Has some penalty issues, which I just uh, – this is dumb football guy, but when you're playing with Tom Brady, that stuff gets fixed because he simply won't tolerate it. <laughs> so, for me, I'm going back-to-back -back guards here. I know it's very just typical here on Pod Like a Raven. Tim taking interior offensive linemen. But I'll take Kenyon Green, the man out of Texas A&M, going 27 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, let me recap some picks uh, I think the last one I said was Trevor Penning at 16, Andrew Booth Jr. at 17, Jermaine Johnson at 18. Uh, I guess those three teams would be Saints, Chargers, and Eagles. Then Drake London at 19 to the Saints. Matt Corral to the Steelers at 20. Welcome to the AFC North, Matt Corral. Devin Lloyd at 21 to the Patriots. Traylon Burks uh, at 22 to the Packers. George Karloftis at 23 to the Cardinals. Zion Johnson at 24 to the Cowboys. <sighs> Matt Elam's nephew, Kyrie Elam, <laughs> at 25 to the Buffalo Bills. Chris Olave, 26 to the Titans. And Kenyon Green at 27 to the Packers. Or, excuse me, to the Bucks. And at 28, I am on the clock with the Packers, who have now uh, dealt with the wide receiver situation at pick 22. And at 28 now, they kind of have... I guess space to do what they want. They kind of can look to fill other situations. They can try to get the best player available. And I was kind of in between. I was in between a couple of defensive players. 
Uh, Arnold Ebiketier at a Penn State is a guy that has been mocked uh, to the Packers. He's got uh, sort of a mix of a good good productivity and good uh, sort of growth opportunities. But uh, this is – we'll see if this ends up happening because it is a first-round pick. But they're going to feel okay with the fact that this is their second pick of the first round. They can have a little bit of freedom here. And they're going to go with David Ojabo out of Michigan. He's very, very, very good. Uh, he is dis- as disruptive as Aiden Hutchinson, in my opinion, just without maybe some of the numbers. Had that terrible Achilles tear uh, at the Combine. But he will be back. Um, and I think just in terms of players, he's the best one on the list at this point. He's a guy that would have been, I don't know, Jace, you can, can confirm this with me, a top 15 pick top 20 if he was healthy yeah i think he was trending that way it, it certainly was a lot of buzz i feel like about him being top 20 for sure uh and so I, I you know i get the aspect of well the packers are in win now mode with aaron Rodgers, but ojabo's gonna be back that first season it's not like he's missing the entire first season you know it'll take a while probably to, to get healthy and rehab but it's just a situation where they've made aaron Rodgers happy so now they're going to do the best thing for the franchise and that's going to get a super talent who has dropped from an injury that he will come back from in due time and it's david ojabo the edge rusher out of michigan i like it i like taking risks when you have two first round picks the ravens as we remember did it last year by taking a guy that had no sacks as a pass rusher <laughs> um so now we have back-to-back picks by the Kansas City Chiefs, and I will be absolutely floored if they make both of these picks. I am guessing one of these will be traded in some way, either the Chiefs trading up or them trading the second pick or the 29, whoever really wants to get back into the first round uh, to draft someone who might be falling. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't totally know what to do with this pick. The Chiefs have some needs. Like, you look and... Um, they definitely need some help on the back end. They, they let uh, Tyron Matthew go. Um, but I'm going to go a little off the board here, I think, in terms of things they need. So this might be my most uh, selfish pick of uh, guys I like, but I'm giving them to Kobe Dean. I think Dean is going to be a first-round pick. I think the Chiefs just need talent on the defense and – Despite, I think, the allure, there's plenty of good wide receivers still, and they might, I don't know, I don't want to speak for my co-host, may or may not take a wide receiver with this next pick. Um, but I, I think if there's a defensive talent like N'Kobe Dean still on the board, I think the Chiefs probably have to jump on it just because you need to improve on the defensive side of the ball, I think, just the talent back there. And I think, you know, Dean I, is probably not a perfect football player in the NFL, but I just think, personally, I think he's so smart and so instinctual and he'll find a way to make it work and that'll stink if he's on one of these afc contenders and he's the heart and soul of their defense while patrick mahomes uh runs the offense so uh to stop him from falling i'm taking uh nicobe dean off the board yeah him and him and nick bolton i think together would be a, a pretty decent combo as linebackers jace he feels like the perfect chief like a very good player and yet on a third down in january somebody's going to break a tackle because N'Kobe Dean is too small and the Chiefs are going to be upset again at their defense, like not getting a stop. Uh, In Baltimore, right? That's where that (laughs) tackle's getting broken by J.K. Dobbins. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Well, 
Uh, it's interesting because I was kind of banking on you to just take a receiver here, and I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna fix the defense. But you know what? I'm gonna stick to my guns. Obviously, receiver is the ultimate need with the uh, Tyreek Hill going to the Miami Dolphins. They did bring in Juju Smith Schuster. Still have McCall Hardman there. Uh, Valdez Scantling came in as well, and they have Patrick Mahomes. So he's supposed to make all these guys better. That is what he does best. And there's I think you can get value in the draft um, at a wide receiver position, there's probably guys there. What you might not be able to get value at is versatile defensive back. Guess who you just lost? Tyron Matthew, who could pretty much do it all in the defensive backfield. I know they brought in Justin Reed. He's a good football player, but he's not Tyron Matthew. And so I'm going to give them, as I literally just found out as I pulled up another scouting report, the younger brother of Ravens running back Justice Hill Daxton Hill out of Michigan, the safety who can play a slot corner. He can play a split safety role as well. You can put him all over the field, much like you could with the Tyron Matthew. And I think Steve Spagnuolo is going to have a hell of a time uh, with a guy like that who is an instant starter. So it sounds a little funky. As Jay said, we're trying to just nail one of these picks because they're definitely not making both of them. They might not even make either of them and move both of them up. Uh, to, to try and grab an elite Jamison Williams-type receiver that they would like, I think is one of the rumors out there. But in this situation, I say they go defense, defense. Everybody gets mad on Thursday, and then Friday they take, like, six wide receivers because if you don't know, the Chiefs have 12 draft picks. Uh, so they get a bunch of gems in the second and third round, and they end up being Tyreek Hill superstars, and then Daxon Hill and Kobe Dean are all pros, and life is terrible and nothing matters. Uh, yeah. I like that, unfortunately, and I think it's a good, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good pick. Um, I am picking for this is my last pick for the Cincinnati Bengals at thirty-one, um, and they basically had two big needs, and one was offensive line, but then in the off season they signed guard Ted Karras from the Patriots, they signed Alex Kappa from the Bucks. They got Lael Collins from the Cowboys, so they kind of made a very specific point to address offensive line. Um, so I, I, you know, there's a couple of interior guys I think still on the board at this point, right? Let me pull this. So Tyler Linderbaum is there, but they've made so many moves already to to get offensive linemen. So then the other move for them would be somebody in the secondary. But the board is pretty dry with that at this point. A lot of corners and safeties have already been taken, so. They might be in a let's get, I want to say let's get best player available, but I think that's Tyler Linderbaum, so I'm going to have them take him. I I don't care that they got a bunch of free agents on the offensive line. They need youth as well on the offensive line. Um, They want to keep Joe Burrow alive for the next 10 years, so yeah, they made some good moves there, but with him still available uh, at 31, they're just going to, you know, they're going to take him and hope that he becomes a starter for them over the next, uh, over the next 10 years so this stud lineman uh out of out of iowa uh and the top center jason would you say uh yeah by a lot (laughs) yeah yeah there's a few guys that people like in the later rounds but yeah in terms of guys and i do think linderbaum will go in the first so i'm glad someone took him i thought about him maybe for the packers but they they've drafted a bunch of guys early-ish that might be their center but yeah i i think the bengals would love uh if Linderbaum's as good as people think he can be, um, I, th- I think they're pretty content having him be Joe Burrow's center for the next 
10 years uh so um that would stink for the ravens i wouldn't like that and yeah and then that would probably allow them to probably swing uh ted Karras, who you mentioned they signed over to guard which i think he played a lot more of probably with the patriots over the years um so yeah that would stink for the ravens i think that was a good pick and i'm, I'm glad he's off the board because i do think he'll go uh to one of these teams perhaps um uh in, in the later stages i wouldn't be shocked but uh of the first round um but now I am on the board again, and the Lions, um, once again, have a lot of needs. Uh, but um, I am, I don't know if this is controversial, I'm taking a quarterback again. Yes. Uh, and I am going with, oh boy, I'm going with the guy I think feels like a Dan Campbell guy. Now that could be Desmond Ritter. I am going with Kenny Pickett here. <laughs> Um, because I think, what do the Lions want to do? We know they want to run the ball, and I think they like the idea of a polished, very old quarterback prospect who can come in right away and read out the calls and get everyone in their place. And is he the most exciting? No, but he seems like someone who, to me, is like would slide right in with the Lions. Now, is he too much of just Jared Goff 2.0? That remains to be seen. He's significantly cheaper than Jared Goff, so that's the the case um but i do think the lions uh if ritter or pickett or, or um matt corral are all on the board i think at this point um i think they take a quarterback here to get the fifth year option i know next year's class is better um but i don't think there's i think we saw with the cardinals a few years ago like if the lions go like two and 15 I don't think that's going to prevent them from taking Bryce Young next year, even if they take Kenny Pickett here. You can trade Kenny Pickett uh, as the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen um, once upon a time when they drafted him top 10. Uh, so I do think the Lions make a move for a quarterback here because it, it is just so hard, I think, to sell your fan base on two straight years of Jared Goff, even though contractually you're kind of married to Jared Goff this year. Uh, but... Um, yeah, I don't see them leaving this draft without a quarterback. So I'm taking Kenny Pickett. I just trust him a little more, I think, than Ritter. But I could see a team viewing Ritter as ha having more of an upside than Pickett, too. So it's kind of a toss-up, I think, between those two. I think, uh, and I, I think... assume Pickett's going to be in the – he's like going to be at the draft, right? So he, he, he'll be the guy that they just keep yeah. <laughs> showing on camera 8,000 times as the hours drag on. But we'll get picked eventually at the end of the first round. <laughs> yeah, I would just say quickly, apologies, Antonio. I don't – I think a quarterback gets picked there at 32. I don't know if it's the Lions making that pick, but someone gets picked there just like Lamar Jackson because they want that fifth-year option that the first-round pick gives you if the guy actually turns out. So whether it's somebody trading back up into the first round to grab him, maybe falling back to 32, or it's just the Lions, somebody is going there. At the last few picks to recap, uh, at 28, David Ojabo, the edge out of Michigan. At 29, to the Chiefs, Nakobe Dean who will have will never be able to tackle Mark Andrews across the middle because he's too small. <laughs> uh, and I, I say this, and then the Ravens are going to end up drafting him, and my tune yeah. is going to change entirely. But at 30 to the Chiefs, Daxton Hill, safety out of Michigan. At 31, Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa to the Bengals. And at 32, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Two Gloves Pickett, quarterback <laughs> out of Pittsburgh, going to the Detroit Lions. All right, guys, we are long on time here, but... Any last thoughts on this draft? Players that you liked where they went, players that you hated where they went. Happy with Jordan Davis at 14 to the Ravens. Hoped he would have gotten somebody else. Uh, any final thoughts on this uh, 
on this mock first round? I, I, I think we did a pretty good job, honestly. And, and who knows? This could all blow up completely on Thursday night when we're looking at this. And I'm, I'm sure all texting each other furiously about what's going on. Uh, the trades are going to blow everything out of the water, but we did predict like Devontae Smith last year wasn't the right slot because of trades happening, but we did pick the right fit. So we'll see if we can do that again. Um, I think we hit a ton of team needs. And the one thing I will say, and I don't want to end it on a bad note. I wonder if both Jordan Davis and Jermaine Johnson are there on the board on Thursday night and the Ravens go Jordan Davis. And we're all very, very happy. How does that look in five years? Edge rusher versus D tackle. I, I just, I just worry about that just a little bit. Jordan Davis stand, Jordan Davis podcast. It's been accepted here. I worry about that just a little bit. And that's why I wonder if that's a choice the Ravens opt out of and just like take a linebacker. <laughs> um, well, but we don't, I know they have their board and whoever's graded and all that. That's usually how the Ravens do things. But uh, we'll see. I, I'm very intrigued. Uh, I, I'm with you guys. I, I'm sure the order is wrong, um, but I do think this will generally be the collection of players who all go in the first round. I don't think there's anyone uh, we egregiously missed. I think I mentioned I won't be shocked if Ritter works his way into the first round because there's always just more quarterbacks taken than you expect, even in supposedly weak QB classes. And I'm not going to be surprised even if if we get two QBs in the top like ten because uh, that just like if the Panthers take one and. Uh, if, if the, if the Falcons take a QB and the Seahawks take a QB, that's not going to shock me either. Cause that's just seems to be how it goes. If I have any qualms, as I mentioned throughout, kind of throughout, it's just Antonio seemed to take guys I wanted for other teams, like right before. That's just uh, a sign I, of a good GM, Jason. Yeah, that's no, just, uh... I, I loved the idea of Devontae Wyatt on the chargers. <laughs> and so I was devastated that, uh, he went to the Texans cause I just have visions of the Raiders running up the middle to end the Chargers season and running all over the chargers in that final game. Um, so besides that, yeah, I, I think I like our list a lot. I, I think my quarterback picks are perhaps the hottest takes. Uh, and I think I'm the only guy who took a quarterback. For, you are the only guy <laughs> who took a quarterback. But, um, so we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 th- I think we did a good job, but you know, I, we said up front, I, it's not going to be as good as last year. There's just so much unknowns compared to, to what we entered where we pretty much knew the first, we knew the first two picks a hundred percent. And there was a good inkling of, you know, uh, the, the Bengals were taking either Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell and it's stuff like that. Like where it was pretty easy to kind of I, easier, I think to read the tea leaves. Whereas this year, that's what we said will make it so exciting is because I think there's no consensus on on who's going where and why, so it should be fun to watch. Hey, Jace, you are the only one to have taken a quarterback, but had I done this mock myself, I would have had some quarterbacks, more quarterbacks, and I would have had them higher up. I think teams cannot help themselves <laughs> when it gets to draft night, and I'm going to say this, this is my optimism shining here, but if we get some quarterbacks at 6, at 8... At nine, right? If it's if it goes Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks, all in need of quarterbacks, and all of a sudden they're reaching for quarterbacks, or if the Saints take that 16 and 19 pick and package it for something and move up into the top 10 and grab a QB, every time that happens, as a Ravens fan, you should be happier and happier because it is pushing other guys <laughs> further down the list. And I just want Kayvon Thibodeau to fall to like eight or nine because after doing the deep dive... I would 100% give away 
as many of the fourth round picks as are necessary to move up five or six spots to grab him. Big fan of Thibodeau, and I cannot wait to be proven wrong in so many ways in the next few months and then years. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's exciting. The Ravens drafting high at 14, something that we have not had uh, or we're not used to, I, I suppose, and they have a fantastic track record of getting studs when they're drafting that high. So draft night, Thursday, the three of us will probably be on some sort of technology communicating uh, as the draft is unfolding and just prayers up that the Ravens don't move back uh, to pick 28 or something like that and get a bunch (laughs) of other picks. That's going to do it for us. We will be back a week from now to discuss all the picks, what ended up happening, how right we were, more likely how wrong we were. Uh, Thank you, uh, as the listener, for sticking around and and following what is one of our more fun episodes every year. First round clock draft for Jace Evans and Tim Horsey. I am Antonio Barbera. Thank you for listening to us on Pod Like a Raven. We will see you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.